0: Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed the weekly podcast. Where we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba news. Scuba Obsessed episode two hundred seventy nine is recorded live, April twenty first, twenty sixteen. Welcome back to Scoob Fest. I'm Darren Gilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan, where we are certainly in the beginning of spring. I'd like to thank everybody for listening into the show. Tonight, it is just going to be me going solo. We'll see how long it goes and how long my voice holds out. I'm fighting a cold. Uh, for those who have been missing the episode, we apologize for that. We've had a few weeks where we were not able to record. As I've talked about in a few of the previous episodes, my... Kids are on the Bering Springs Robotics team, the Green Engineers, and they have done quite well this year. They qualified for state, which state competition was last week, and then they've done well enough where they were going to the world competition in St. Louis, Missouri. If you haven't had a chance to look at FIRST Robotics, it's something that's very interesting, Uh, excellent program. I'm really impressed by it, and as my rookie season as a mentor, having quite a good time with it. Well, let's go ahead and jump right on into news. I'd like to thank everybody who's listening to the live stream. We have Mark and St. Louis Sam out there. Uh, we have a follow-up to a previous article that we have done in the past. The Ethics Board has cleared a SCUBA instructor of wrongdoing. If you remember a few years back, we had, not a few years, a few episodes back, we had the story of a instructor for, I believe it was the Washington State University, WSU. After investigation, the Washington State Ethics, uh, Executive Ethics Board has decided to fine the WSU pr- professor $1,000 to selling and renting equipment through his company. Originally, a board sought to fine the WSU scuba instructor Barry Moore $1,500, but reduced the amount after concluding that he sought and received guidance from WSU management and WSU attorney general, according to a statement from the EEB. Sean Fellin, Moore's attorney, said the violations were committed. While the violations were committed, they were unintentional on Moore's part, Clearwater Moore's company provided equipment sales and rentals to WSU students since 1987. In the same year, the Department of Physical Education was unable to find other vendors, and Moore made a proposal to the Department to provide equipment for rent in order to retain the program. The proposal was unanimously approved. Since then and after the enactment of 1995 state ethics law, Clearwater's relationship with the SCUBA programs reviewed by university administration as well as WSU Attorney General on several occasions, the complaint against Moore was originally filed in November 2014, and the WSU SCUBA program was suspended in December of 2015. What concerns me about this is that um, if they thought he didn't have any wrongdoing, then why are they fining him? And if you ask for guidance from the school and get reviewed, why are you obligated for something? I guess if you break the law, you break the law, but it just seems a little excessive to charge somebody $1,000. I doubt he was clearing that much money. On the student's behalf, I can understand why they might be uh, a little put out if they find out that the what they thought was a nonprofit making some money is actually a profitable adventure. A Colona student is looking for stolen scuba gear. A young woman is hoping someone will return her stolen scuba equipment as she needs it for school. On April 14th, the woman was... St- Stopped at Baxter's Pub between 5 and 6.30 p.m. While inside, someone stole a bag of equipment from a truck. The bag contained $4,000 worth of dive equipment, including a small black Brooks dry suit, a blue Kirby Morgan helmet liner, large black Scuba Pro fins, and a yellow tool bag containing a compass. The bag also contained a Green River Victory dive knife, red lenses, uh, goggles, masks that said CDI on the side with Trin written on it. The young woman was a student who needs equipment for school in hopes to relief. the thief or return the items. Anyone with information about this theft should contact the RCMP or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. This next one is something that I hope doesn't happen to me, but how would it be to run into a case of dive compression sickness and be turned away from an ER? Emergency diving accident patients have been turned away from some Florida hospitals despite having equipment to treat them. A local station down there, Local 15 News, spoke to one patient, almost died while waiting for care in Florida. Doctors say most of the decompression illness can be treated with a hyperbaric oxygen therapy. It can save the life in event of a diving accident. Each year, thousands of tourists travel to Florida Panhandle to scuba dive in beautiful waters, but options for hyperbaric oxygen therapy are limited. One small hospital in Mobile, Alabama, is handling the majority of dive industries from the Florida Panhandle. Eric Badmayan traveled to Russia, from Russia to Ponce de Leon, Florida, the scuba dive in the Vortex Spring resorts for, with friends. He showed me, trained me a couple times, tell me what I need to do, and then we're f- free diving free all, said uh, Bad Mayan. The dive took a turn for the worst. I couldn't handle it. I felt like I was going, I, I'm i not going to breathe. He's pulled to the shore unconscious and could not breathe on his own. He suffered an uh, arterial gas embolism, an illness with stroke-like symptoms. So the stroke of the brain caused primarily by paralysis on his right side, said a registered nurse, Julio Garcia. He could move his right arm or right leg. He was rushed to Panama City Bay Medical Scarlet Heart in critical condition. For nine hours, doctors searched for a hospital with a recompression chamber in the area to treat the diver. He was later airlifted to Spring Hill Medical Center in Mobile. Uh, Gracia treated him. He was very much in danger of losing his life and having a permanent neurological symptoms. The hyperbaric chamber is credited for saving his life. Just like a stroke, it takes longer to get treatment, the worse the condition can get. We treat them by causing pressure increase, and providing 100% oxygen. This helps get rid of the air bubble and provides oxygen to the tissues. It also was a little response after the first treatment. The next day, he went in the chamber for a second time for several hours. Within the first five minutes of getting the treatment pressure, he was able to move. It was like a miracle had happened. It was incredible. He was able to move his arm and legs. He said, it's hard to move my fingers and hands. Like, now I can control my hands. He was eventually able to walk. Thanks all boys helped me out and called 911. I just realized how close I was to death. Now, Garcia claims that the diver could have received the same treatment at the Bay Medical Sacred Heart in Panama City. The hospital has its own chamber, but they sent him to Mobile for treatment. Garcia believes it's a growing trend among Florida hospitals. As a result, Garcia said the number of Florida diving patients are treated hours away in Spring Hill Medical Center. There's none in the Florida Panhandles, none until you get to Orlando that will treat scuba divers in the state of Florida. Recently, Florida Hospital Orlando closes towards the patients with diving industries, according to Garcia. He claims SMC SMC treated at least 15 dive injuries from the Florida Panhandle in 2015. Dr. Bernard Eichold of the Mobile County Health Department said money and hours of operation play a part in a hospital that decide to shy away from treating dive injuries. Emergency treatments take time and can throw off outpatient settings uh, sessions it'd be nice if the panhandle florida hospitals who have chambers would set up rotation and say this week we'll meet we will man the chamber 24 hours for this day and next week like in some cities they rotate emergency room calls garcia's concern for tourists and first responders more importantly to me is the welfare of the public safety such as your sheriff's officers your police officers who are doing a service for the public? What if they get injured scuba diving The performance of duty as a police officer? So this brings up that, uh, something that we're seeing everywhere. Hospitals are trying to be profitable, and it's uh, treating dive industries is not going to get a hospital rich. You look at this in all of Florida, which is a good thing to say for diving, they're only getting 15 treatments in a year. That's not enough to have a dedicated staff. There's probably an extensive amount of cross training has to happen to make sure that you have people who are capable of administering these. I like what his idea was of having a rotation. Uh, that way you've always got some sort of chamber in the area. But uh, this is something that divers need to be pushing on uh, when you book something is find out where the nearest decompression chamber is and what it's ours. Uh, the community down there will have to find a way of getting to supported if they see that it cuts into the tourism because of the, the not having hyperbaric chambers easily available, then maybe they'll see fit to staff them. In Egypt, there's some concerns over dive tourism. If you remember back, we, we had uh, Claire on the show, who was uh, a dive instructor out of Egypt. Uh, with the unrest that's been going on in that area of the country, uh, dive tourism has been down. And now I can't get this article to come up. Okay. Well, Let's see if I can, I can find something. But to paraphrase while I'm looking for it, is that there are two islands that Egypt had been using. Ah, here it is. Private tour companies involved in the scuba diving be, uh, uh, business in Egypt uh, fear the potential loss of Red Sea islands of Tyram and Sanifar, Sanifar S-A-N-A-F-I-R, to Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's The islands are being turned over to Saudi Arabia. The Egypt uh, cabinet announced... Saturday, that a Mar- maritime border agreement has been signed with Saudi Arabia, stipulating that the Red Sea Islands uh, fall within Saudi Arabia's territorial waters. The agreement, which is yet to be ratified by the Egyptian parliament, has come under heavy scrutiny from many Egyptians who argue that the islands belong to Egypt and should not be given up to Saudi Arabia. Whereas many Egyptian activities and critics of the government say ownership of the two islands is a matter of national security. Tourism companies based in the Red Sea resort of Sharm al-Shrek have other reasons for opposing the agreement. Possible loss of two islands would provide disastrous at a time when the tourism is already dipping, and 2,500 Egyptians and foreign tourists head to Sharam for scuba diving on a daily basis, according to the tourism company. Saudi Arabia had leased the islands to Egypt in 1950 to provide for their protection, and Egypt has been doing so ever since. So really what's going on is that these were never... Egypt, uh, Saudi Arabia, had leased them mostly because just so that they, they were close enough to Egypt or Egypt could handle the security of the islands. Um, it's For whatever reason, they've decided that they're at a point now where they can take them back, uh, and Egypt has agreed to do so. Uh, the re- some of the nice dive site, uh, sites are located in the area of the, those islands. I wonder if they're going to have some sort of agreement between Egypt. I mean, that would be the, the sensible thing would be to to work out an agreement with Saudi Arabia that you could, if you're a dive charter in Egypt, that you would still be able to have access to it. You know, make, make some sort of fee or something to let it happen because I, I can't believe that Saudi Arabia is going to put a, an infrastructure in uh, right away to take advantage of those islands. Or maybe they are. We'll just have to wait and see. Scuba divers clean up a Hartford pier for an aquarium event. Forty volunteer scuba divers spent their Saturday morning picking up trash below Hartford. Hartford Pier in Avila Beach is part of the Central Coast Aquarium's annual cleanup effort. The group posted volunteer scuba diving cleanup beneath the surface on April 16th, under and around the South County Pier. Some of the items found were tires, tape measures, and safety cones. A lot of stuff goes off the pier. Phones, tools, equipment, tires, rebar, all sorts of things are down there. Central Coast Aquarium Manager Taylor Bodine said, after collecting a trash the aquarium, disposed of it. Bodine said Monday that the group collected about 300 pounds of trash a day, including tape measures, construction cone, seven tires, glass bottles, dishes, plastic bags, some PVC pipes with octopuses in them. Bodine noted that the octopuses returned to the ocean so they could find new homes. Cleanup efforts aren't over. The aquarium will host a beach and estuary and trail cleanup April 30th. That will not involve scuba diving. For the event, Maritime Life Festival featuring seven education and wildlife organizations will be held at 9.45 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the aquarium's front lawn. At noon, participants will enjoy a thank you barbecue hosted by the St. Louis Obospo Fire Department edition. There will be live music and activities for kids throughout the day. And you can visit their website to find out more information, centralcoastaquarium.com. Mark's saying we're asking Middle East countries to be reasonable. (laughs) Now here's something I wouldn't mind doing. Somebody's got a fundraiser that you can get a diving trip and, you know, Somebody who would be nice to dive with would be Jacques Cousteau. Since he's not there, I think this next person would have to be fairly high up in the list. You can enter this auction to win this trip with Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin was the second man to set foot on the moon. He knows a thing or two about floating around and being weightless. He offered experience without leaving orbit. New auction from uh, partners at Charity Buzz gives the opportunity to go scuba diving with Aldrin for two days on Grand Cayman Islands in the Caribbean. Proceeds from the bids go to Aldrin Space Share Foundation, which works to provide experience for science, tech, engineering, and math to children. I started diving almost 60 years ago and fell in love with it immediately," said Buzz Aldrin. "I'm also very passionate about inspiring children to be innovators, and we promote through my Share Science Foundation. The auction diving experience will raise funds to support our organization and enable us to continue to inspire the next general uh, generation. The auction is now open. It will close at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, April 28th. And uh, if you want to enter, you can head over to their website, which is www.charitybuzz.com. The current bid is $7,000. The estimated value has been tagged at $15,000. The dive team repairing ill-fated Easter Island-inspired scuba sites A team of scuba divers have been able to write two of the 15 Easter Island head replicas that plunged the wrong way in the sea last June. Saturday, 14 volunteers dove for the 14th time since October determined to restore the upended Art as Artificial Reef project known as Rapa Nui. I hope so the project appeared to be dashed last June when a barge carrying the head stepped over instead of sinking straight down. The barge fell atop of the statues. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it just sounds funny. But Saturday's dive team led by Ultron Pavan, owner of Dixie Divers, is confident the project is salvageable, soon become one of the most popular dive sites around for both sea life and divers. They're able to clear two more heads from underneath the barge wreckage Saturday. We're making a beautiful dive setting right now. We think there's five heads that over time we can get. Investing in unusual dive sites has proven lucrative strategy for drawing tourism uh, dollars. That's why philanthropists, Margaret Bloom of Boynton Beach donated 500000 to buy the barge, tons of cement, and the sculptor's artistic talents to make the dive attraction. It was a way to get a mile east of the Deerfield Beach International Fishing Pier. Bloom said, it's still painful to recall watching the statues, some of them 20 feet tall, splash off the barge the wrong way. <coughs> I'm delighted that Pavan has been able to exhume some of them. Hopefully we'll make some good out of something not so happy. Pavin said the undersea site previously a featureless stretch of sand is already attracting schools of tropical fish. Crevel, Jack, Goliath, Grouper, and different to the upside-down heads. They don't know the difference. And then here we have one of the most important sh- shipwrecked uh, treasures ever discovered. And I think uh, if Mac was here, he may choose to disagree with him, but we'll see what he says. One of the most important shipwrecked treasures ever discovered wasn't exactly what divers were searching for, uh, when the Trexel Divers Club glimpsed a package of a sand-buried remains of a sunken shipwreck off Texel in the Wadden Sea, they brought to the surface only discover it held a wealthy lady's most prized possession, a silk damask dress, velvet embroidered purse, perfume ball, lice comb, stocking, and books bound in beautiful leather. Preserved beneath the layer of sand since the 17th century, dress was probably for everyday wear and was the style frequently seen in pay- paintings from the late res- res- Renaissance. Made of rich silk damask, it likely belonged to a woman of the upper class, despite the fanciness experts believed it was for everyday wear because it wasn't beaded and embroidered with gold or silver threads. The woman's books were stamped with the emblems of King Charles I of the Stuart Royal family from England, which suggests that she may have even been royalty. It's exceedingly rare to find such a well-preserved collection of textiles, and it makes this fine one of the most important of its kind in Europe is also a boon for historians who want to understand what everyday life was like during this era. What we see in paintings is not always accurate record of people's life. Finding this cache of typically, albeit expensive, clothing verifies that privileged women of the era really did dress in the ways we might expect and carry thin metal balls of scented dried flowers to mask body odors that would have been common in culture where people didn't bathe very often and never got any medical remedies for the funguses and bacterial infections that flourish on human bodies. Divers frequently took to the buried shipwrecks of the region where the dress was discovered. Trexel Island is once an important waypoint for trade ships near northern Holland due to its location between the North Sea and the Wadden Sea over the historical blog. We know very little about the woman who owned the items discovered, but her personal stash of dainties is now part of the historic record. Hopefully, she'll be able to replace the books and live to wear many other fancy dresses in her time. And one more thing that science is doing is that they're getting a little bit better with some of the DNA technology. A lot of times when you discover a shipwreck, you'll find objects on it, but you might not necessarily know what's in it. Well, with the advancements in DNA, they're now able to figure out what are in some of these containers. Uh, According to a story, and by my rough conservative estimates, there are at least three-quarters of a million ancient shipwrecks undiscovered in the Mediterranean alone. Shipwrecks are packed with information to help us understand ancient civilizations. This is according to Brendan Foley, an archaeologist at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, Massachusetts, they've been using DNA to to determine uh, what was inside two 2,400-year-old ceramic jars containing ancient DNA. The fragments they identified as oil and oregano in one, and mastic in the other. Mastic has been used as a medicine in ancient Greece and was given as a remedy for snake bites. Hippocrates uh, wrote that the mastic was a good for prevention of digestive problems and colds. An ancient Mediterranean, specifically designed ceramic shipping containers, carried a wide range of goods. The archaeological team tried several methods to extract the DNA from the shipwreck artifacts, such as scraping the inner walls of a container, fully turned to the latest technology available, which is used by the Massachusetts State Police Forensics Lab. We asked them how they recovered trace DNA from crime scenes, and they put us onto these swabs they used to extract tiny bits of DNA from. We tried this with the archaeological artifacts, and it worked much better than the physical scraping method and has been a benefit to being completely non-destructive. So interesting what we're able to do now. Well, I think that's going to be it for tonight for the scuba in the news. We'll cover a little bit more. Next week we won't have a podcast again because I'm going to be traveling, and then we'll get back together the following week. I expect that we'll have Mac back. Uh, we're, We're getting into that thirsty Thursday dive time of the year. So many of the mud clubbies are out there scuba diving on Thursday nights. Uh, the river has been, uh, we've had quite a bit of rain, so the river's probably not in the best condition. Uh, lake Michigan, we haven't had a lot of people out, but this weekend there is plans for a dive. Bob Sweeney and is planning on taking out his boat. <coughs> so hopefully we'll be able to, to hear what the conditions of the wrecks are and the lake is this time this year. Has sand moved? The more of the wrecks exposed or less. Last year, if you remember, we had larger amounts of the Havana open to the point where we. some people are thinking that there might be two wrecks there. Uh, Kevin has been doing quite a bit of diving, who's in Gull Lake, and he has rediscovered a couple of shipwrecks. Uh, one is one that uh, Bob Kurt and I had dove on, and he'd been looking for that one for quite a while. Uh, he had found another one, which wasn't quite a match for it, but he just put up a video uh, a couple days ago, and that one is the one that we had seen. It looks almost like a canoe. It was a very top-heavy steamboat, and it had flipped and rolled over as the story goes. So if you're not getting out, what are you waiting for? I'm, I'm, I'm My dry suit uh, is probably getting a little crusty right now because I have not been able to get in the water. I have one more week of robotics, and then I will be able to join the rest of you in the water and be able to do some diving. This, this is going to be the year. I think this is going to be the year we're going to find something out there in, in Lake Michigan. I'd like to thank WRVO Radio for putting us on the air again this year. Also, we love those five-star reviews. If you go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It helps get more people able to listen to the show. I see that uh, Google is trying to do something with podcasts, so we're going to be taking a look at that, doing some investigations, and we are still pursuing doing more with video. The website is com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash and on Twitter, at scubaobsessed, and you can follow us as we tweet away. I uh, usually have some news articles several times throughout the week that you can follow along. Get your fix of diving in when you can't even get in the water. I'd like to thank uh, everybody who came out in the chat room again. Uh, how you get to the chat room is you visit uh, TalkShoe, www.talkshoe.com. We are show 73759. And uh, you put that in, there'll be a box top which a show number, and you get to our page. And if you just sign up for it, it'll alert you when we go and open the chat room. And then you can hear it live and participate. And this is usually where I ask Mac if he's got anything he wants to plug. He, uh, We'll have some more from him in a couple weeks. He did a show, so it would be interesting to hear how his presentation went on underwater dar- uh, diving and ROVs. And I think we're just going to skip the, the joke tonight. Thanks. Um, go right on into the end of the program so until next time go out there and get wet